The FM Evolution podcast is brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services. We'll ensure consistently great performance to help keep your business running smoothly. For more information, visit cgpconstruction.com. You know, where I kind of served as a bridge from, from the old to the new. Um, being that I've grown up in this, in this industry, This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black. What's up, guys? Welcome back to FM Evolution. I am your host, Sean Black. I'm excited to continue to learn more about FM today, and we're going to be talking to Anne Juan Thomas. Now, Anwan is, uh, well, he's a deputy facility manager uh, at the U.S. Department of State. Now, if you guys think of FM, you might think, hey, maybe hospitality, maybe restaurants, maybe commercial property management. But this is a completely different take. You know, they have all the similar challenges that FM does, but in a much different state. Uh, and Anwan, he is actually at the U.S. Embassy in Bogota. So that <laughs> presents all kinds of really fun challenges. So I'm excited to get his point of view um, because he's so he's so good to talk to you, so passionate about what he does and loves FN. So I love sharing this with you guys. Stay tuned. You're not going to miss this one. Hey, before that, there's a word from your sponsors. Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig-ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember to call CGP. They are ready to be on-site 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready, and because they are a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today at 858-454-7326, or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at FM Evolution. Welcome back to the show today. I'm excited. We're going to be talking about facility management and then military and in our government. And, uh, you know, it's a point of view that we haven't really explored before. And I'm excited to learn more. And I have an awesome guest on today. Uh, Enwan Thomas is a deputy facility manager at the U.S. Department of State. And uh, Enwan, to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Uh, as you just mentioned, I'm a facility manager for the U.S. Department of State. Uh, more specifically, I'm a foreign service facility manager currently serving our great nation abroad. Uh, I've been involved in FM since I was a teenager in 2003. Uh, it's it sort of fell in my lap. Uh, I think that's what most facility managers would say. Um, I was an operations manager for several civil engineering units during my service in the Air Force. And initially, I just worked in service call on the service call desk and relaying issues to the trades. But uh, over time, I 
grew fond of the different features of buildings. Um, I guess the stuff behind the walls, as I always tell my wife. And so I started positioning myself more to be a liaison between the trades and the customers on military installations. And that eventually rolled into this career I'm enjoying as a facility manager. Man, I'm really excited because I don't get this perspective very often. In fact, oh, I have it never. <laughs> so it's really cool for me to to hear uh, about your experience in the military and how it's related to FM. Uh, for our listeners, we have listeners all over the world now. We're international, so it's pretty cool. And it's good to, yeah, for them to kind of get different aspects of, the, of FM. There's so many different kind of specialities out there. Um, today, uh, I'd love to kind of get, kick us off with, we have a bit of a tradition uh, of learning what people are reading. We're real big on education. Uh, as you probably know, you, you know, are familiar with ProFMI and some of our sponsors. So I'd love to hear about what people are reading. If you could share, that would be awesome. It'd be a great way for people to get, get to know you. Well, uh, I'm a proud father to a very active toddler. Uh, so I've just recently started a book by Adele Faber called How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. Uh, for me, that it offers some great insight into the mindset of today's youngest children, and it, it offers suggestions on how to communicate with them in ways that are probably mutually beneficial. Uh, I've certainly seen some benefits from it uh, in the communication um, between myself and my son. So that's that's what I'm currently reading, uh, a book on um, being a better parent. Love that, man. There's some great books out there for that. I remember when uh, my kids were first born, I had three. And, uh, you know, we did all the books, what to expect, what to do when expecting. And then when the book, you know, how to uh, really how to how to talk to kids. There's some great books for that. Um, I love that. It's a great selection. And, you know, it translates, too, because you learn how to talk to kids. And, and honestly, you know, those skills translate to talking to adults. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they do. They do. Awesome, man. So um, I want to talk about um, FM in the military and, and U.S. government, because this is something we haven't we haven't brought up before. Um, the first thing I'd love to know is, is why you chose FM as a career in the military or how did that happen? So during my service in the in the U.S. Air Force, I was a civil engineering operations manager um, within the civil engineering unit. The first thing actually I learned on day one of technical training uh, for that particular Air Force specialty was that we served as the face of the civil engineering unit, uh, sort of like how a facility manager serves as the face of a building for most for most intents and purposes. Uh, the tenants and visitors of all of the, the facilities on a military installation typically looked to the operations managers to solve their problems um, or to at least put them on the right path to solving their problems. Some of them were probably self-inflicted. <laughs> uh, yes. And, you know, that's, it's a, that's a symptom of this business. For me, there came a point during my military service where I grew tired of taking the same trouble calls from the same people. So I decided to kind of 
serving in an FM role, mostly as an advisor or a trainer on civil engineering principles to others on the military installation. And I found that I really liked it. Uh, so I stuck with it for the majority of my military service. I love that, man. It's funny how we fall into things. You know, it's it's not really that we do, but to us, it kind of feels like, well, I didn't really choose this, but man, I love it. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm not kind of a big believer in, we don't really choose those things. They really happen for us, you know? And so I love that story. And I hear that a lot, especially with people in FM. Um, and FM is a, it's a complicated thing. It, you know, it takes a lot of different skill sets. And so it, it takes an, uh, a very special person really to do that as well. Um, one of those traits that I know is, is important in FM, we talk about a lot, is leadership, right? And leadership is a, is a big undertaking in any organization. It's something that it's important and core to getting your team to perform together um, and getting things done in FM especially. I wanted to see if you could tell us a little bit about your experience in FM while serving a country and how that influenced your leadership skills. I think um, I think my experience in, in national service as a whole, whether it's my time in the Air Force, uh, the, the years I spent as a federal civil servant, and now uh, here in my time as a diplomat, I, I think that that whole experience has tremendously shaped my leadership skills. Uh, for me, it starts with understanding the concept of service before self. Uh, that's that's one of the Air Force core values. Uh, there are three core values in the Air Force. Service before self is one of them. And to me personally, it, it speaks a lot to being a team player. Uh, and at at all levels of national service, I, I think you're only as good as the team you work with. Uh, I think also being a good understudy uh, factored into my evolution as a leader. Uh, over my 10 years of military service, I didn't extend to any of the senior ranks uh, in the military. I spent a lot of time under the tutelage of service members who were much senior in rank than me. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, I actually consider that to be uh, one of the greatest benefits uh, of my time in the military because I got a chance to learn from their successes and from their failures. Uh, and I took to heart how, how I felt about certain decisions that they made that impacted me and impacted the team. And so as, as I've grown in my career, uh, as a facility manager, as I've taken on more responsibility as a facility manager, uh, those lessons and experiences have followed me into this second term as a civilian. Um, and I give a, an earnest effort in applying them in my role today uh, as a leader. So uh, being teamwork, being, being a team player, I believe is the most important thing uh, in the leadership um, area for me. I love that. And, and I love that you brought up understudy, you know, uh, being an understudy. And that's the quickest and honestly, some of the, the best experience I've had myself for learning new things is, is being an understudy, learning from people who've been doing this for 
years, you know, and you can learn so much in such a short time uh, from people who have been doing it. And so I'm glad you brought that up. It was a great, great, uh, great advice. And, and I love that you learned how to, you know, work as a team because that's critical, critical in, in an FM. It really is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some, um, there are, there are specialties in FM and we, and we talked about this kind of at the very beginning and this is definitely a specialty for me. Um, and, and, you know, having that you're, you're been in uh, a facility management in the U S department, uh, of state U S department of interior, the air force. Um, I'm certain that it kind of presents its own unique challenges. Um, some I'm sure you could talk about some you can't, what was your biggest challenge in you, you know, moving from air force to your current role? Cause I know they're quite different. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would say that the biggest challenge for me in moving from the air force, uh, to my career in federal civil service with the Department of the Interior and with the Corps of Engineers before that, and even to now uh, in the Foreign Service, the biggest challenge is the customer. Yeah. Uh, during my time in the military, uh, nothing mattered more than the building operating in its intended purpose. Sure, on some occasions, I would have to wrestle with colonels or representatives of generals on specific facility matters that were important to them. But for the most part, taking care of the building reigned supreme over everything. And, and that made the work very simple at times because you only had to care about the building. Uh, you didn't really have to factor in too much of the human element. For the government agencies outside of the Department of Defense, that equation shifts dramatically <laughs> to a much greater challenge, and that challenge being breathing human beings. Uh, so for me, that challenge is magnified when you're a facility manager of a United States embassy or a U.S. consulate. Uh, it's one of the few roles uh, in the department where you interact with every function in every community. From political appointees to career foreign service officers to families to contractors to locally employed staff to even distressed visitors. Uh, my work is the first thing that they see when they approach the grounds of the embassy. And in some semblance, it's the first thing you notice when inside of the building for whatever task or whatever mission or business that they're conducting. And the challenge every day is to ensure a quality of life for the people that is representative of what they would see in America, despite not being in America. Not being in America. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's a challenge. You know, that's a challenge on like. That's a big challenge, actually. Yeah. What's. All right. So listen, I've never been to Bogota. What's Bogota like? <laughs> what, what's it like? Uh, what's it like here? It's, you know, it's, it's different every day. Yeah. <laughs> no, I bet it is. I bet it is. What a challenge creating, what a challenge creating, you know, an American experience in a foreign country, you know, and, and having things run like America there. So, so the, the, the biggest challenge is oftentimes resources, mm. different, you know, in America, and I tell my wife this all the time, and I also tell my friends this, 
on time. In, in the United States, there are a lot of things that we take for granted that are considered extreme luxuries in other countries. Um, for instance, something maybe as simple as a garbage disposal. You know, and in the United States, it's you know, common commonplace in a lot of buildings, a lot of housing uh, in some countries. Uh, that's not the case. That's an extreme luxury. Uh, the same could be said for a lot of the materials, uh, a lot of the parts uh, that are needed to keep a building standing upright. You know, they may not be available in, in abundance uh, in many countries because, you know, it's just not their custom. Uh, also, you know, navigating around local laws. Uh, mm. in, a, in, a, in the United States, we have a very high standard uh, for safety. In some foreign countries, not as much. You might not see anything <laughs> remotely close. Uh, and so true. Um, and so for, for me as a facility manager, as a foreign service facility manager, my job is to, you know, provide a building that's uh, to the highest quality of safety. Uh, so whether that's the, the U.S. standard from abroad or in, in very rare cases, it may be a standard in country that might even trump the U.S. standard. So, you know, my challenge, my job is to kind of move the building towards that standard. And and that's that's very challenging. It's it's certainly it's certainly, you know, keep you excited for this. Yeah. <laughs> Keep you on your toes. Oh man, Absolutely. see, this is why I want to do this with the with you because I think a lot of our FMs here think, oh man, things are tough. Mm, they can, they might be tougher in other places. <laughs> you know, one of the things, kind of a curveball question, yeah. on, but we in the United States are facing labor shortage and supply chain management issues, and I don't know if you're facing the same thing there. Um, but just trying to find materials and find people to do some of the work is is challenging. Are you kind of seeing the same uh, I, thing there, I, or no? I, I think uh, I think that's a problem globally. Yeah, uh, not just in the United States, not just here in in Colombia or you know other. It, it's all over. It's worldwide. Um, the the facility management industry. Um, I like to. I like to say that the, the facility management industry, it has become more important in, in this in this time of the, the COVID-19 pandemic, but it's also become more challenging um, because uh, we've lost a lot of our workforce. I had, or, a, great, I had a great guy on uh, as a facility manager from Panama on the show, and he's phenomenal. And it was amazing to me how really involved FM has become across the world since COVID came in into play. It's really turned up the volume on how important FM is because it's, because it's about the people and, and having and creating these safe working environments for people and coordinating what that means for you. It's different for everyone. It's not crazy. Uh, absolutely. It is. It's very different. I mean, you know, just two years ago, you know, we didn't have to consider a whole lot of on the medical side of things, you know, when when dealing with facility management. But now, you know, 
we have to take that into consideration, you know, so whether it's social distancing or um, we've had to change the way that we even do hand washing um, to, to limit the spread of, of, you know, the COVID, the, the COVID-19 um, virus. So, you know, it's, it's required us to, to evolve as facility managers to step out of that comfort zone that's been, that's worked for us for, for so long, yep. for, for so many decades. Time to grow. I have met, Absolutely. I've met so, you know, I've been doing this podcast for three years now. And we've been in, I've been in FM in the industry for seven. And uh, it's a short time, but I've met some amazing people doing this show. And I've met uh, so many passionate, driven people. And uh, that's one of the things that, that struck me about you is that you're very passionate in what you do and you really love what it is you do and you love FM. You know, I heard some other, some other, uh, um, podcasts you did and some of the articles and man, it just really comes through how passionate you are. I wondered, you know, if you could kind of explain where, where that comes from, what's your biggest driver for you? I would say the the biggest driver for me and, and for my experience as a facility manager uh, as a whole is it, serving others. Uh, you mentioned that um, you've heard me on a podcast previously, and I think I mentioned, um, you know, you have a heart of service. Uh, for me, that that's that's what drives me, having a heart of service. You know, oftentimes facility managers are invisible uh, until something's wrong or someone is uncomfortable. Uh, for me, being able to match wits with the facility um, and bring resolution to those issues uh, on behalf of the customers, that's what drives me. Uh, it's, it's what wakes me up to take on, this, on the challenge of this job. I love that, man. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. I think your sponsors... And then we'll be right back with Anwan Thomas, and uh, we'll talk more about education leadership and serving our country and facility management. CGP Maintenance and Construction Services Incorporated is not just a general contractor. They build, service, and maintain facilities while self-performing for some of the largest brands in the nation. With over 33 years in business, they've got what it takes to be the partner you deserve in today's fast-paced facility management marketplace. Welcome back to the show. I am Sean Black, your host. This is FM Evolution, and we are back. We're talking with Enwan Thomas, who's a deputy facility manager at the U.S. Department of State for the Embassy in Bogota. Hey, buddy. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be here. I'm excited to be talking with you, um, doing what you do in FM and serving our country, uh, I think is... Uh, is amazing. I love your story and I love your passion. We just talked, we just got done talking about what drives you in FM and, and uh, I love to hear that, um, that service that, you know, that heart to serve. Um, we, we do, we talk a lot about uh, servant leadership here and, you know, and, and really serving others is why we're here on, on, on the planet period. And so you can see that coming through uh, in all the work that you do. I did want to talk to you um, 
about FM education in the military. Because <laughs> I'm really curious to see what, what that looks like. Um, we have a show sponsor. Uh, I know you may have heard of them, Pro FMI. Uh, these yes. guys are amazing. Uh, they're great about uh, getting people certifi- certified and edu- providing education for FMs. And so kind of want to hear about your experience learning about FM and, and, uh, and that journey from here, from, from the Air Force to now. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, I just talked about, you know, how I, I love serving people as an FM. So for as much as I love serving people as an FM, I love learning about FM even more. <laughs> oh, awesome. As I've learned, as I've learned in this career, uh, every facility is different. And because of that, learning is very important. It's very important to learn about the, in- the, the intricacies of this industry. Um, the ins and outs of, of facility management. It's absolutely crucial uh, to the success of any facility manager. Uh, for me, uh, that started in the military. It started way back in Air Force Technical Training School when I learned about the different trades that support FM, you know, like HVAC or electrical power systems, carpentry, utility plumbing, uh, or even fire emergency services. The opportunity to to learn about just the the general stuff, the basics of what those particular trades do uh, to support a facility, to make sure facility is operating correctly, to to you know all of the the behind the scenes work uh, involved in just being able to turn on a a light switch or to you know switch from heating to cooling. Uh, that that was fascinating to learn, even just even on a, a very micro level, uh, not the, the specifics, um, but just the, the basics. It was, it was truly fascinating to learn. And I'm very thankful to the military, to the Air Force uh, for that, because that, that really helped me as I transitioned out of the military and into civilian service, um, where uh organizations or professional associations rather like ifma uh have been a boon to my career yeah i've learned a lot through their educational program through their seminars or in meeting other fms through ifma uh attending industry conferences and seminars like world workplace from ifma or in nfmt uh, those have been very helpful to me, as well as the formal education part of it. Um, I, I was in the FM program at the Rochester Institute of Technology. And, and of course, even here at the Department of State, you know, we do have a very robust uh, training program for our overseas building managers. Um, but the absolute best experience in learning for me uh, about FM uh it has been shadowing the trades, you know, mm. going out with the craftsmen, you know, rolling my sleeves up, getting my hands dirty yeah. every now and then, learning what they do or asking hundreds of questions <laughs> uh, of my vendors about certain things, um, whether it's, you know, a contractor that's working on uh, security bollards or whether it's a pest management contractor, uh, 
learning from others and especially other experienced, more experienced FMs. You know, that's been very, very key to my experience in learning about FM. And I would not be here without them. Isn't that a fact? I feel the same way in a lot of different ways about <laughs> a lot of learning and experience and learning from others. It's that's been my my education really. And you know, there's some some formal education I'm, I'm going through, but man, learning from people who've been doing it for this long, it's uh, it's mind blowing the amount of information you can get from from these from uh, these guys. Um, I did want to. This is so interesting to me. I got to be honest because the the differences between uh, military and civilian life in FM. It's that's really interesting. One of the one of the challenges I know that we face in FM uh, a lot, and I hear this from all genres of FM, is working together with operations and facility management, and getting those two department departments to work together cohesively and not fight each other on staying up, staying open, you know, it's a little bit different. So I kind of want to get what your experience is like around that and, and, and how um, you core you, how you work with the departments in the military versus civilian life. Well, no, in my experience mm-hmm. in, in FM, it, it's actually not been too different okay. uh, in the military. Of course, you know, the, the overarching factor in the military is the mission. Um, in the Air Force, it was most likely making sure planes were able to get off the ground in some way. Uh, so in that sense, uh, all of the other units or organizations on the military base, they, they didn't have as many issues working together or collaborating. Um, because we we all understood that there was a bigger mission at hand, uh, far bigger than um, okay being comfortable in a specific in a particular facility or <laughs> or having specific niceties in a facility, um, which is why I think I alluded to it earlier. It was far easier um, dealing with facility management in the military than say, than it is. You just got orders. You just got orders, man. Follow yeah. orders. So, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, you know, following orders is what it was about. Um, and for for us, the orders were, hey, make sure the building's operating so so subject A can do their job, subject B can do their job. Very simple. Uh, in my civilian career, uh, it's been slightly different. Uh, and, and most of that is because you have to deal a lot more with the, the human factor. And, you know, there are stakeholders, um, whether it's a secretary, uh, whether it's the secretary of an executive agency, if you're working in the headquarters building or, or you know, senior leadership in an embassy. You know, every, everybody has their own um, particular need in a facility and as a facility manager, especially when when you may have different missions inside of a facility, uh, you have to stretch yourself um, to be able to work with everybody, um, but also maintain your own personal mission, which is making sure that the building is operating 
uh, correctly. For the most part, I haven't had any major issues with that. Um, I've been able to, you know, navigate, you know, the the maze that it is, um, and you know, kind of make sure everyone's happy at the end of the day. Make sure everyone's comfortable and that their quality of life in the building is is good. It's acceptable or it's it's you know on par with the standard that they have back in the United States. So. What do you think um, the what do you think the biggest difference is? Um, I'd say between the military FM versus being a civilian. For you, what was the biggest difference? The biggest difference is, you know, in in the military, everything was very regimented. Mm. Um, we had very specific guidelines that we followed. It, I guess, you know, I guess a, a way to put it is you kind of read from a script so to speak. Sure. You know, you know, you had you you had an answer built in pretty much for every scenario. Uh on the civilian side, it's a lot more wide <laughs> open. <laughs> Wild um, West, baby. <laughs> it's a lot more wide open. I come to work every day not exactly knowing what to expect in the building. Um but also not knowing because you know one I may have handled a problem one way and it could be the same exact problem, but I might have to address it a, a different new way. way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of different, there are a lot of different factors in play. Um, in the military, uh, there was a standard across the board. Um, as a civilian, especially here um, in the foreign service abroad, you know, there, there are different challenges, environmental challenges, local laws, and things of that nature, which make it a, a, a lot more cumbersome. Do you feel like the stakes are higher being abroad than in the States? A- absolutely. A lot the stakes higher, right? are absolutely higher. Much, much higher. <laughs> I, I, you know, as much as I would love the 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 ease of being back in the yeah. states managing facilities the the challenge of managing facilities abroad you know with different barriers language barriers you know different laws environmental factors um protections and such uh that makes this job much more worthwhile yeah i tell you what if and when you ever come back to the states you're gonna be like this is easy. <laughs> I've got this. I was, a, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a completely different environment, man. That is, a, yeah, it's that's you know, crazy. Um, being, being a facility manager abroad definitely changes your perspective yeah, on, I bet on facility management as a whole. Oh man. One of the, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, um, <laughs> Is I had I had okay so I had a facility manager on from Walmart right really good really great guy um, and we, he talked about we talked about legacy uh, and I thought it was interesting because I think there's a lot of thought process going into legacy these days and, and kind of what we want to accomplish in our time and I'd love to hear your thoughts on what kind of legacy or impact that you would like to achieve in the future for you. Big one. Well, well, for me uh, as a facility manager, and and you know, though I, I've been a facility manager for roughly half my life, 
Yeah. Uh, and I'm only still in my mid thirties. Um, when, when I think about legacy, I, I think about what I want facilities to look like or feel like to, to other people down the road when I'm retired or long gone um, from this industry. And, and I think about, um, you know, as one of the, as, as one of the, the next gen facility managers, as, as um, we alluded to in earlier, I'd like to, to leave a legacy in which, you know, where I kind of served as a bridge from, from the old to the new. Yeah. Um, being that I've grown up in this, in this industry, um, you know, I was around at the, the very end of, you know, still using Excel spreadsheets to track work orders. <laughs> and, and now I'm dealing with uh, very complicated uh, computerized management systems. Uh, but being able to, to kind of fit into the gap um, with the, the older facility managers, as well as the, the younger facility managers that are coming up. Out coming up. Um, being able to help them understand, you know, the history of, of this, of this industry, because, you know, there, a lot of the building, there are, there are a lot of new buildings out there today that are very technologically driven. Technical smart buildings. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was just talking about this the other day. But there are also a lot of, yeah, but there are also a lot of buildings that, that are very historic, you know, the relics, um, you know, the buildings that, that you'll see on the National Register of Historic Places. You know, so we still have to take care of those buildings. And, and I believe for me, um, being being around early in my career where, you know, past facility managers, you know, taught me the ins and outs of those buildings and, and growing up in this new era of facilities management, um, being able to kind of somewhat mentor the younger generation. Uh, I think for me, that's, that's the legacy. Uh, I've, I've never been the type to want to, you know, have my name ring out in the industry. I just, just want to be a, another cog in, in the machine to, to keep it going. Um, so if, if I could do anything to, to help out this industry, to, bring it along to make sure that it's, that it sustains itself. Uh, that would be good enough for me as far as legacy and that back. I think you will. And uh, I mean, you have so, and it's, you are a young guy and, and, but you, like you said, you've been doing this since what you're 19, right? When you got into air force. Yeah. yeah? I mean, that's, it feel, I'm sure it feels like a lifetime because it, it kind of, it is, you know, and you have so much experience um, to pass on to that next generation. I know you will. You know, and uh, you actually, I, you know, we, I was um, a couple shows ago, I was talking about ISO standards um, and developing those standards for education for FM. And there's a process you can get involved with. You would be a perfect candidate for that. I think that would be I'll, great. I'll See, that that would be so that. helpful for you to be able to pass on that legacy through education. So Most um, I can connect you to those people. I, I'll have my people call you people. <laughs> no, but I think that honestly, I think it would be so cool for you to be able to do that. And uh, I love that idea of being able to bridge that gap and help people connect. Uh, it's a great legacy to leave. All right, so we are almost done. I'm gonna 
We're going to wrap up here in a little bit. Um, I had one last question. And if you could give a piece of advice for for those in FM uh, from your military and now civilian experience, what would that be for you? What would you what would you tell them? Oh, piece of advice. Uh, be flexible. Uh, facility management, it, it constantly changes. Uh, as we're seeing with the, the COVID-19 pandemic, that, that's completely changed our industry. Uh, being flexible is very important. Um, being teachable um, or coachable, I guess that would be the, yeah. the better term to use. Being coachable, um, not not being too full of yourself. Um, because, you know, this, this industry and the buildings, they have a way of humbling you yes, uh, at do. times. Um, <laughs> So, um, you know, being flexible, being coachable, not being too full of yourself, that would be the best advice I would give to, to any FM, uh, you know, considering this, uh, this line of work. Or even for any uh, FM that's, you know, already long in the tooth in this work, um, continuing to be flexible, continuing to be coachable, um, and continuing to not be full of yourself. Um, you know, that's that's the best advice that I can give. And, you know, for me, that's that's been uh, that's been keys to my success. Great advice. Humble. Be humble and be hungry, baby. Go get it. But yeah, but remember <laughs> who you are. You know, I, I love that. That's great advice. And staying coachable and, and being open to be coached and learning new things is um, it's critical. That's great advice. And on um, we're done, man. Thank you so much for being oh, on man. the show, oh, man. It's so cool. It goes fast, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for being a guest. Um, for those who are listening to the podcast uh, on your favorite podcast platform, hey, don't forget to subscribe. We'd love to hear from you too. So leave us information. If you have questions for N1, leave them there. We'd love to hear you. Uh, and what you think about the podcast and if you have uh, any kind of feedback. And then for those on YouTube, hey, hit subscribe, hit that little bell, smash it, give us a little like. We'd like to uh, you guys to get the new videos coming out. So stay informed so we can get amazing information, amazing guests right in your YouTube channel, just like M1. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you so much. I'm so glad we, we met and I'm excited. We'll keep in touch. Thank you. Thanks for having me.